our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. Hey, Sonia. I just didn't have the best start to my day. Okay, I woke up and I was like, I'm trying to be more positive. I'm trying to have like a good day, like intentional, you know, journaling, meditating, everything. I make my matcha latte and where I live it's like a very, very, very steep hill. I'm at the bottom of a driveway, a very steep driveway. Like the kind of driveway, if you had knee problems, you would ask me to like jump in my car and drive you down. It's like not quite doable. And so I sit in my car, I put my keep cup equivalent in the cup holder and it doesn't fit very well because it's more like an oval egg-shaped cup and my car holder is so cool. I drive upwards and the cup falls back and my like cup holder is just filled with matcha. Like it's just a soup of matcha in my car. And, you know, that's embarrassing. I'm like, oh, no, but I'm trying to be positive. There's like tissues in my car. My dad always loves to leave tissue boxes in everyone's car for some reason, which I've never liked. But suddenly I was like, thank God. So I'm just like, you know, dabbing it with tissue, letting it soak up. I make it to work. It's all good. I then open up my laptop for us to like start recording and then my laptop has like water on it and I'm like, wait a minute, what's happened? The water bottle in my handbag was spilling and opened this whole time. It was like a Frank Green water bottle that I've just bought, but I left the lid like not fully locked and so everything is soaked. I'm currently cleaning it out. My bag is air drying in front of me and thankfully nothing got like super soaked. My phone did get soaked, but it's still working. And at what point do you move from, I'm just trying to be positive. I'm trying to have a good day. Things happen to I'm allowed to swear. Like, where is the line? I want to take it back one step. Why do you think that you can't swear or complain about it? I'm just trying to be positive. I'm just trying to be like a positive person. I'm trying to be like, you know what, little blips in life. Let's just move past it. But how many blips back to back before like, I'm allowed to just be like, uh, This is terrible. This is a terrible Tuesday morning. I hate my life. Here's the thing. This is what I've figured out, you know, me being like two, three months older than you. I think when we force ourselves to be something, it makes everything worse. Wait, are you trying to say I'm not a positive person? (laughs) 
No, Simran Kaur. Are we positive people? Are we? I want to think so. Actually, yeah, you know what we are. I don't know who I was trying to be then. But what I'm trying to say is, is that when we try not to feel something, when we are trying to move away, oh, this really sucks. When we feel like we can't say that, I just feel like everything gets worse and bad things keep happening until the universe is like, just say it, just say this sucks. You know, it's kind of like begging you to see it from that point of view. But will you take this on for the rest of the day? No, because we're going to have a kick-ass recording session. You have a beautiful lunch planned. It's how we move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. But we can acknowledge that it does suck. I didn't know you drank matcha. Oh, my God, neither. <laughs> like, do you remember when you and I went to coffee with your rich BFF, like Vivian, too, and we – had matcha with her. I didn't like it then. It was like quite gross and it was cold. And then she said, no, try the hot ones, like try like a latte. And so a few months later, when I gained my trust back in matcha, I tried it and it's so good. And I get so jittery with coffee and I obviously like don't drink a lot of coffee because of that. And this has been a good medium. I still don't like it. Am I allowed to say that? I think you're allowed to say that. I mean, you do like your coffee like you have coffees that you like and don't like. My thing is, is that it tastes like dirt, you know, maybe it's because I haven't had good ones. I've never made it myself because I feel like I just know it's not going to taste good if I make it myself, but I've also never had a good one. And then if I'm already going to spend $8 on a beverage, you know, with the oat milk, with a potential caramel syrup or vanilla syrup added in there, I don't really want it to be a beverage that I kind of don't like, you know? Do you know what? I respect that. I have realized that I have been a little bit of a Debbie Downer this morning and now I want to turn it around and talk about something more happy because this Barbie is very excited. This Barbie is a investor. This Barbie wants to talk to you today about if we should buy Mattel shares. Is it pronounced Mattel or Mattel? That's what I want to know first. I think it depends on your accent, but for the sake of us, please, please, let's just say Mattel. Mattel. Okay, I can live with that. I've been saying metal for 26 years. Really? I've never heard someone say it differently. Oh my gosh, am I pronouncing it wrong? No, I think you're saying it right. That's what I've heard. Oh, okay, cool. Now, before we begin, we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode. Are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin? Meet Perla, the Aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible, diversified portfolio. With Perla, you can start investing with as little as $5. Perla's unique community-driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs and tracking your progress over time. One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. 
Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. So we've had a lot of people message us and say, Simon Sonia, Barbie has become so popular in recent times. I mean, the movie has obviously kicked off. It has been one of the, if not the largest gross film produced by a solo female director. And People also are acknowledging that because of the success of this movie and the success of the brand, Mattel gets to make a lot of money off this. And Mattel is a public company. They obviously are in charge of so many different brands and all the sort of products and services that come off it. Should we be investing in Mattel's shares? Before we dive into our reasons, because Sonia is going to talk about reasons for maybe why you should be buying Mattel's shares. I'll be talking about reasons why they maybe are not such a good idea and you can decide for yourself where you stand. Before we get into any of that, people ask, well, then how does it make money off the movie or the brand awareness? Like, how does that all work, Sim and Sonia? Basically, three ways. The first way Mattel makes money off Barbie is the licensing opportunity it had from the movie itself to give the directors the right to use the word Barbie, the trademark, the intellectual property of Barbie. The directors basically have to give a certain percentage of all of their profits to Mattel. So the fact that the movie is making money, people are going to see in cinemas, people are buying it eventually, they'll stream it on you know, services, they make money from that. The second is the licensing opportunities from product revenue. So of course, Mattel makes Barbie. Mattel makes Barbie lunchboxes. They make Barbie drink bottles. But if someone else turns up and says, hey, I'd love to make like a Barbie inspired other product. Can I license the Barbie name off you? Usually they will license it for 10 to 20% of the product revenue. So they're making all this passive income. Someone else like makes it, someone else packages it, ships it, does customer service. And just by lending the brand name, they make money from that. And the third reason that they've been able to make money is that the marketing, even though they've put a lot of money into marketing initially, around 150 million, which is more than the actual movie itself, because the movie cost 145 million, they now have a lot of organic marketing happening, so they have to do less in-house marketing. If you noticed on Instagram, like we are going off. We have somehow all just become like Mattel marketers for them for free, like pro bono, my nails are pink for Barbie. Like Victoria Devine from She's in the Money, which is a fantastic money podcast. They had like a full on Barbie themed birthday party for Victoria. They didn't pay her to do that. She just wanted to. And so the marketing organically is insane. Put that all together and you've got this self-fulfilling machine of Barbie. Barbie is taking over the world, but do we buy shares in it? Yes or no? Can I just say one of the most prominent conversations that we're having about Barbie at the moment is not even about the movie itself. It's about the marketing. Like the budget that 
this movie, this franchise, or whatever it turns out to be this movie, I should say right now, is insane. Like the fact that Mattel are making at least 10 to 20% of product revenue from like Bayes, which is like Shea Mitchell's brand. They just released like this Barbie collaboration, the makeup, the skincare. I know there's going to be a Pandora line, you know? It's going to be Pandora charms. It's going to be a cute little collection. Like, I can't even conceptualize how much money that would be. Do you know what I mean? I'm just so excited to see like what happens from it and where it goes. And so obviously, if you're sitting here going, should I buy Mattel shares? Like you're clearly an investor in training who knows what's up. You can clearly see that so much like opportunity has come up from this, but we have to like look at the pros and cons. We have to make informed decisions. And by the end of this episode, we're not going to say absolutely go buy it or no, this is definitely not an option. But to start us off, Sonia, what is one reason why we should consider buying Mattel shares? I am so glad that I have the for instead of the against because I am going to bring it to you this episode. One of the first things that I wanted to talk about is that Obviously, we talk a good game about looking at the overall picture and seeing the future of a brand. Let me tell you something, party people. Mattel is one of the leading toy manufacturers in the world, and they own some of the most popular brands. Now, of course, that includes Barbie, but what else does that include? It includes Hot Wheels, it includes Fisher-Price, and it includes Thomas & Friends, to name a few. These brands have such a loyal customer base and they continue to resonate with children and parents. If you think about it, the stuff that we watched as a kid or like the stuff millennials watched as a kid, it's hard to always get the cartoons that we watch like Brother Bear or Bear in the Big Blue House, like all of those things. But Mattel's brands, I feel like they do a really good job of staying relevant in the market today. So your kids are watching the same cartoons, engaging with the same characters, but they might look a little bit different. Their problems might be a little bit different. You know, I think the brand loyalty for the brands under Mattel that Mattel own is insane. And the thing is, is that with Mattel, and the brands that we love, that we have grown up with, I feel like we can connect to people all around the world. So Mattel has a very global presence, and that's great as an investor because it makes the company less reliant on the performance of just one market. So they're mitigating that risk. They are across all different markets around the world, and I feel like that adds to the connection like, oh, When we were kids, we were playing with Barbies, we were watching Barbie movies. Well, hey, like a group of girls in Canada were probably doing the same thing. In the US, they were probably doing the same thing. In the UK, and because there's so many translations and subtitles and different languages that Barbie has adapted around the world, we can relate to like people who don't even speak the same language. So I feel like the connection that people have with this brand around the world is something special and going back to my earlier point of these brands staying relevant today just as they were you know 20 30 years ago I find that a lot of brands that bring out that nostalgic feel like 
blockbuster like Toys R Us, brands that we've grown up with as millennials or stores that we've grown up with as millennials, one of the reasons that they haven't done so well is because they didn't really adapt to the new age that we're in and Mattel has guys I don't know why I feel like I'm about to like give like a sermon like this is a solid speech I could keep going forever Mattel has adapted to the digital age you know they noticed the trend of online toy shopping pretty early on in the game they've increased their digital play experience I mean we all remember barbie.com okay she's still around but one important thing that I want to say before I ask you maybe a sentimental question Sim is that America Ferrera did a beautiful interview with eTalk and that's just recently come out and snippets of the interview they're starting to make its rounds on social media TikTok Instagram reels the whole kahoot and in a portion of this interview she says that women somehow throughout time and throughout this movie They've held on to the value of play and value of aspiration and imagination and in a way that's counterculture. So they're showing that you can be playful and fun and childlike and girly, but you can also have boundaries up. You can also have a career and you can also do all of these things. And the reason she was bringing that up was to say that, you know, we think it's okay for men to grow up and they still play their video games. They're allowed their little man cave. They're allowed their little figurine, their action figures that they keep as memorabilia. Yet the minute girls turn 13 or whatever pivotal age it was for you, we're encouraging them or we do it on their behalf to throw out their Barbies, to throw out their brats. And there were a lot of comments under that TikTok and one of them kind of resonated a little bit with me was when I was 14 my mum took all my Barbies and gave them to Goodwill and said I was too grown up to be playing with Barbies anymore it still hurts to this day I'm 32 and (laughs) I shouldn't have said it resonated with me because my mother did not do that I think I did that myself it made me so sad doing that but I think everyone else my age was doing it and it was like the age of you still play with Barbies like we're transitioning into like having an argument with your brown parent about letting you wear short shorts you know we go from Barbies to that (laughs) so I wanted to ask you (laughs) on this you know beautiful morning that you're obviously having (laughs) go on do you remember the moment that you like stopped playing with Barbies no see my mum was so sneaky growing up there was never a conversation of like hey you are too old for this. She would just like take them and throw them away. And I have crap memory. So I'd never really realized these things. Same with clothing. If I used to have like a top or something that she thought was inappropriate, she would just throw them away. And then it would take me like months to be like, where's that green shirt I always used to wear? So I don't recall my Barbies going. I guess this episode is probably somewhat biased because Sonia and I loved Barbies growing up and we would play with our Barbies all the time. We would sometimes fight through our Barbies like our Barbies would have arguments like in hindsight now that I'm older I'm like were we trying to like just sift through our problems but like through the Barbies I'm surprised that no one like flagged some psychological behaviors in us that should have been probably checked like we were arguing like grown-ups when we were kids like I don't (laughs) think that's normal well it makes for a good podcast (laughs) (laughs) you're too right 
But I do agree with what you're saying as I can't like disagree. The brand loyalty is a very solid reason to be looking to invest. Go on. Try me. What's the reason that people shouldn't believe in imagination, Sim? Because that's essentially what you're telling me. Okay, that's a little bit full on. I'm kidding. (laughs) I would argue right now that it might not be the best time to buy Mattel shares, not in terms of never buying it, but in this current moment in time. Mattel shares year on year, so like this time last year till now, so middle of last year to middle of this year, is actually down 2.62%, but year from date, so in the last six months of January to, or I guess last seven months of January to now, it is up 20%. So it seems like there's a current hype around the shares, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And if you jump online and you just type in like, should I buy Mattel shares or is Barbie causing Mattel shares to rise? you'll kind of notice that there's so many articles about it. There's so much hype. There's so much conversation. And as the saying goes, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. Now's kind of that time where I have this little rule for myself. If a share or a fund is suddenly everywhere on news sites, like should you buy this right now? I feel like the time to buy has passed. And I had a look at some data and I found that the trading volume for Mattel shares did increase quite significantly in the past six weeks. It's not like just you and I and anyone listening in has been the first person to consider, hey, should I be jumping onto this bandwagon? Is this a good time to buy shares? It has been happening quite significantly already. And then that leads to the fear of everyone's already buying into this. Am I buying at the height of this share price? Like, am I going to buy it? Currently, Barbie shares are around $21 USD. Are the shares going to start dropping off because everyone that's wanted to buy it has kind of already started to do so? And therefore, have I missed the bus? That is something that would keep me up. I mean, the 52-week high, so in the last year, the highest share price of Barbie was $24. Right now, it's $21. The lowest that it was was $16. So on a scale, we're kind of already close to the year high. And that is something to take into consideration. Also, the P.E. ratio, which is the price to earnings ratio, is 29. That's kind of on the higher side. And for those that don't know what that means, the lower the P.E. ratio, the better deal you're getting. I don't know if I would say that we're getting a good deal on Mattel shares right now. Okay, well, I'll give you that one. (laughs) You're like, but the brand loyalty. But I played with Barbie. You say some things like ratio. You say some things like this is stock price and you think that's going to throw me? No. No. (laughs) My counter to this, and thank you for setting me up this way, (laughs) you know, you really just – what's that baseball analogy? I don't know. I've never watched a game of baseball in my life. Like you keep lining them up. Is that dominoes? And I keep hitting them out of the park. (laughs) What? Okay, listen, we're not sports girlies. I don't even know why I tried to do that. But (laughs) one thing I did want to chat about is the 2022 Mattel annual report. It does a great job of condensing like the entire company's performance and it will include financial statements and it will include you know letter from the ceo and if i do say so myself the annual report is quite cute it has like all these like toy brands 
and the first two pages as the background, which I don't know why I think that's so cute, but it is. And there's like a few key things that I wanted to chat about. I've already chatted a little bit about relevance, but I want to now talk about competitiveness. I have a feeling that some might also want to chat about competitiveness as well, but Mattel ranks as the number one toy company in the US for the 29th consecutive year. So nearly 30 years it's ranking as number one. It's number two in Europe. It's number one in Latin America. It's number two in Australia. They were number one globally in each leader categories, which is like dolls, vehicles, infant and toddler and preschool. And in addition, so this is like on top of their power brands, which they do recognize Barbie as a power brand. They were number one global property in their respective categories. And Barbie was number two global toy property overall. What I mean by that entire <laughs> little segment is that this is before the hype. They're ranking in the top of these charts before the hype. Barbie is ranking on top of these charts before the movie came out. You know, this is where we just had those stills of Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling in like these crazy leotards. And we were like, what are you guys doing? This is before the hype, you know, like I get the caution, if you will, about buying things when it's in this bubble. And I know we like always... <laughs> caution against it as well. So I'm kind of being a little bit contradictory here, but I think this just aids to my first point. I don't think that the brand is going anywhere. I think it's just like win on win for them. And if we're thinking about financials and going back to your earlier point of this is how much money they're making from all these streams of income, I think that in the next few years, we're just going to see that increase. Is that a bit of a bold statement? I don't care, I said it. So Is that a bold statement? I don't care, I said it. Sonia 2023. I love that. No, I think you've actually got a really good point and I didn't even think of it that way. I don't know the proper terminology for it, but there's almost like this idea of out of sight, out of mind. And if Mattel was not on our minds for the last five years, you suddenly wonder like, but what were they really achieving? What were they really doing? Suddenly it's like very popular and then you start to wonder, well, is this more like a fleeting hype or a blip in their profits that will eventually drop down to baseline. But then we never really cared to look at what baseline was. And this is actually really helpful to like understand what baseline looked like before any of this. Like they were killing it. Yeah. I just want to say like, I know it's easy to think of Mattel as just toys, but they've got a few different things that they're a part of, to say the least. Like, obviously, the Barbie movie is taking a toy, a cherished brand, into a movie. But there's a Hot Wheels movie coming out. <laughs> there's, like, Barney movies. They had their first, like, live action. And all the films that they produce, like, all of that adds to getting more money and getting more money as a company, what does that do? Helps them stay relevant, helps them improve their digital technology, helps them innovate, all the good things. And that's what we preach to the choir. So it's a good sign. 
For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. It is a good sign. And for those wondering, well, okay, I'm hearing you, there's brand loyalty, the share price might possibly be overhyped, but then all these other features about them as a history are quite strong in the brand. Is there any other reason why I shouldn't invest in them? I do have one more little spanner in the works to throw for you. And this is something that I feel like a party pooper. I feel like the Grinch. Anything that is anti-woman or anti-pink, it feels wrong to like disagree and be like, no, but have you considered this? But I'm trying to be unbiased here and I'm trying to share, I mean, this is your money. This is your investments. You want to make the right choice. One of the reasons why I possibly would not be investing in Mattel's shares is I actually don't consider Barbie as being a moat. So when you look at companies to invest in, moats are products or services that are so uniquely popular to the brand that is just so difficult for someone else to turn up as a competitor. So Coca-Cola is probably one of the world's most famous moats. Yes, anyone can make a cola flavored drink, but Coca-Cola is just seen as the supreme in that region, in that product line. And it just would not make sense. Same with Apple iPhones. Like there's Samsung, there's I don't know, LG, there's Google Pixel, there's all these other products, but nothing competes to Apple's iPhone in the space of like creatives that want aesthetic phones. I don't know. And this is actually more objective. So maybe I could be wrong. I don't really believe Barbie is a moat. Like, yes, Barbie is such a huge brand and it's probably one of the first like doll brands that young girls think of or parents think of but so many female and male doll brands have existed since then barbie's market share is quite high and in 2010 it was the highest it had been around 50 percent that's solid i mean things like bratz hannah montana i can't believe hannah montana had her own doll high school musical moxie dolls disney princesses dolls polly pocket when we were younger these brands exist and It's not difficult to see a brand that is more relevant, that becomes across more diverse. A newer brand that can challenge Barbie is still a possibility in a way that makes me worry about putting all my eggs in the basket of like nothing will, you know, 
overcome Barbie. For example, Bratz, which is a Barbie competitor, recently signed on Kylie Jenner as a collaborator and they're putting Kylie Jenner's face on their brands. They understand the importance of like, okay, Barbie's growing and it's getting bigger and it's becoming more relevant. How do we stay relevant? That's a sign that they think that there is a possibility that they can still continue to have a decent sized market share if they thought that this wasn't possible. If anyone thought that they could go up against Coca-Cola and put hundreds of millions of dollars into advertising that, that would make investors worry about Coca-Cola. It's a kind of the same thing with Mattel and Barbie. And I've also got to like mention a little caveat of Barbie is one of a few brands under Mattel and therefore as Mattel's shares change and move around so does its kind of impact you can't for example expect that what Barbie does impacts the entire Mattel brand in 2022 the Barbie brand brought 1.5 billion dollars worth of revenue to Mattel but then 3.9 almost 4 billion dollars came from their other brands and so just because we think Barbie is great if you've got a counter to me and go no I think it's fantastic it's such a solid brand nothing can happen to it do you feel that way about all their brands that they have do you think that Hot Wheels isn't going to I don't know have someone else come around or Fisher and Price might not have someone else come around an interesting point. I think one of the things that Barbie and Mattel brands do well is execute their ideas to a high standard. And I think that Bratz doesn't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you want to bring Kylie Jenner into it. I've seen the Kylie Jenner Bratz collaboration. It does not look great. It looks (laughs) awful. And that is the general consensus of people across the internet and the photos that I am seeing. The Mirror published you know, I'm not saying that the mirror is a respectable source for us to like be like, yeah, the mirror said this, now we need to do this. I'm just saying that they dedicated a little bit of time to publishing an article and they just ripping into the whole collaboration because in my head, I'm like, no, they've photoshopped these photos of the Kylie Bratz collaboration. They haven't, babes. Like this is the real thing. It just doesn't look great. One user described it as bootleg. It literally looks like Bratz used the paint tool on a Windows computer to like insert Kylie Jenner's face on this collaboration. You know she had nothing to do with that. Babes, it's Gen Z marketing. Gen Z marketing just looks like that. It just looks like it's done on paint. What Gen Z is buying Bratz? I'd buy it. You'd buy the Bratz and Kylie Jenner collaboration. There could be a possibility that I might walk into a store one day and ac- an accident. <laughs> You're just doing it to counter me and counter what I'm saying. You're right. No, my thing is, is that's just one example. When we're thinking about Apple or when we're thinking about dolls, people will automatically think of Barbie. Is the iPhone the best phone in the entire world? No. iPhone users get ripped apart by Android users. Like all Google Pixel, the photos, the Zoom. I get it. Am I still using my iPhone? Will I continue to use Apple products? Yeah. It's the same as Barbie. (laughs) There should be a support group. No one understands what it's like being an iPhone user and just the absolute, you know, horrendous treatment that we get, Sonia. It's outrageous. It's insane to me because I also feel like we're the majority. So how are we letting ourselves be bullied? It's the same thing. Do you think Barbie's going to stand for Brat? Now, listen, 
disclaimer, we used to play with brats when we were kids too. We just didn't think of it as like, you know, we girls supporting girls. <laughs> we just didn't think of it brats versus Barbie thing. Well, I also want to say before you rudely interrupt me is that when you ask the interesting question about do I feel this way about all these other brands, is it so crazy to say yes? Listen, I'm at an age now, you know, I'm nearly 27. My friends around me, for some reason, everyone's decided to get pregnant and have babies. I am looking at baby toys (laughs) and I am researching what the safe toy is, like blah, blah, blah. The toy categories that Mattel owns, there's a reason that they're top charted toys in terms of like the brand Fisher and Price. Like they have a lot of cute learning baby toys. Like the toys that they have is also reflective of the feedback they're getting about, okay, we're not in the 1950s anymore. Let's have educational toys and let's like use it in different like learning styles and blah, blah, blah. So I think that they have really strong brands that have held the test of time. I mean, I do want to be bold enough to compare Barbie to Coca-Cola as well. The other day there was an article released about Diet Coke saying that it's carcinogen. And if you have a particular amount, which is a crazy amount, it's like if you're having liters and liters of Diet Coke, it may result in this, which makes sense. Do you think Diet Coke sales took a hit? No. In fact, I feel like the general public were buying more Diet Cokes because of the discourse around it. Okay. I'm not too sure how relevant that example was, but I could keep going. I think we probably could wrap it up at this stage. Sim's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Sonia's won this one. I'm kidding. Do your own research. (laughs) This is not advice. (laughs) This is just something I've thought of now. And so I feel bad for bringing up like a third point that was not like discussed because I know it stops you from like bringing up your own third point. But what are your thoughts on the fact that this is a company that is a toy company, which means plastic use is a lot more like bringing into the environment and the world more unsustainable pieces of items. I think if you were someone that was super environmentally conscious Do you think that would play into your decision-making to invest in Mattel? I think it would be something to consider, but I also think consumerism plays a role in all of it. Like you're not going out and buying a hundred Barbies. You're buying one and you might have that one for a very long time. Same with toys. You know, all my friends have the mindset of it takes a village. Those toys will get rotated between everyone. It's not just like, oh, I'm buying a toy for my friend Abby's baby, shout out, that will be passed on to someone else. And I know people can view recycling in one of two ways and people are like, oh, don't just re-gift, but that's what conscious gifting and conscious consumerism and when we donate and when we go to thrift stores, that's what that's all about. So I get it, 100%, but I think people are the bigger problem. (laughs) Okay, that's actually very, very fair. I need to ask you one final question. Off the basis of this, are you going to go and buy Mattel shares? Probably not. (laughs) Neither. But it is in some of the funds that I invest in and therefore I'm quite happy to ride the wave as part of just 
the overall journey that I have with my investments, but I don't think I'm going to specifically buy individual Mattel shares. And saying that, obviously, do your own research. This was one aspect of doing your research, listening to this episode, weighing up the options. As Sonia shared, there are some really great reasons to look into buying it. Things like brand loyalty, things like their financials, their relevance is huge. There's also some reasons why you might consider not investing in Mattel shares. Things like maybe missing the boat already or or the fact that Barbie might not be a product that is with a strong moat. There are competitors that are trying to ride off the same wave. I actually think there's just as many pros as there are cons. And so that really makes it difficult for me. But I have to say, if I was to decide who won this argument, I think you did. Oh, guys, this is the first time in GTI history that we've actually announced a winner. I mean, it was just so strongly obvious. I think I'd be rude not to. (laughs) (laughs) Please listen to our disclaimer very carefully. I am passionate and one of my skills is storytelling. So this is not me telling you to run out and go buy those shares. Let's make that crystal clear. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll see you next week, Sonia. See you next week. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.